welcome to this week's Sun and Echo Raw podcast with our SEFC team. This is Richard Manier speaking and I'm joined by Phil Smith and Mark Donnelly as we reflect on a pretty busy week at the Stadium Light as the players return for pre-season training. There's obviously, obviously been confirmation of the new contract for Aidan McGeady plus a raft of new signings for the under-23s and we'll also reflect on the, the latest with the likes of 09, Wyke and Denver Hume with them. Um, their future still yet to be decided. So uh, plenty to get our teeth into ahead of the first friendly of pre-season with Sunderland due to play Spenny Town away on Saturday. Um, it's a three o'clock kickoff. The players return training at the Academy Light earlier this week for the usual tests and things on the Monday and they've been uh, back in the swing of things ever since. Obviously um, a huge amount of players at the minute given the lack of first team transfer business but we're, we'll touch on that as well. Um, with the new season uh, what, just over five weeks away or so. So still plenty of time, but obviously um, a lot of the League One rivals have already done a fair amount of business around the, around the division, so it'd be good to see Sunderland get some signings through the door sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, just ahead of the first game of the season then, this is our first, is that our first or last Raw podcast? I don't know. The seasons have all blended into one this summer. Um, but we'll kick off with the Aidan McGeady news this week. Uh, Phil, I know you'd obviously reported on it 10 days or so ago, I think, that he was... Uh, the deal was almost done, confirmed, and he was was set to stay. Um, pleased to get official confirmation of it, and what kind of impact do you think he'll have this season? Yeah, I think it's a really big boost. I think it's one of those where early on there was always a lot of hope that the deal would get done because the player was very, very clear that he wanted to stay, um, and the head coach was very, very clear that he wanted him to stay. So it was just about finding that kind of agreement, um, and thankfully being able to do that, I think it gives the squad automatically a much stronger look. I think we all know they're going to sign a lot of young players this summer. They're going to bring the average age down. And McGeady just brings that experience um, and that quality. And I think that's important to have that balance. And I think the other thing for me is, is it's genuinely quite exciting that McGeady is going to get a full pre-season. It's the first time it's happened since we actually dropped into League One from the Championship. Occasionally that's been because of injury. Occasionally that's because of being with the situation with Phil Parkinson. This is actually the first time he's kind of through the door pretty much on day one and having the chance to have a full pre-season programme. And that could be really exciting because we saw even when he came in last season, it understandably took him a while to get up to speed. So I think that is a really big positive. We all want to see more news, more positive news from the club, but that is an important step. And I don't see this as McGeady, you know, kind of taking a back seat. I expect him to be pretty much front and centre again over the course of the new campaign. Mark, what's your take on uh, McGeady committing his uh, future to Sunderland this week? Yeah, it's obviously a, a really good piece of news. And looking at the squad, it does make that squad look a little bit stronger. Obviously, we know there's still a lot of gaps to be filled and a lot of players to be brought in and potentially some still to be moved on as well. But just having a player of the quality of Aidan McGeady in your side is a huge, huge boost in League One. I think there's an understanding, uh, certainly you know among the fan base and, and internally as well, that you know they need that kind of perceived reliance on him needs to to drop a little bit this season because for all he is a player of undoubted quality, Sunderland need to have a lot more of their uh, attacking Arsenal than, than just giving the ball to him if, if they to get out of the league. But he's a player who can win your games. We, we saw the moments he can provide last season, the deliveries he can put in, the goals he can score. Scored quite a lot of different goals last season as well. And yeah, he's, he's on his day the best player in League One. So any team in the division would want to sign him and it's a, it's a great start to the summer's business for Sunderland that they've been able to tie him down. And uh, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, as I say, the day before the first pre-season friendly, Spenny Moore, the 
pre-season programme uh, slowly taking shape at Sunderland with, with various friendlies announced over the next few weeks or so. Um, players obviously back at training at the academy like earlier this week. Um, a couple of players that weren't there, Blake 9 Denver Hume, Charlie Wake, uh, as their contract situation is still to be resolved. Um, we will see widely expected that Charlie Wake will will leave Sunderland this season. Um, but Denver Hume and Luke 9 I mean, uh, we've reported this morning on the back of some um, information from the Peterborough Telegraph end that, you know, there was certainly interest from Peter early in the summer. Um, he's going to be a player in demand, isn't he, in particular, Luke 9 Phil? Yeah, I think everybody knows that, you know, he has championship interest and, and if he wanted to make that step up, he probably could. I think that it's it's an interesting one in terms of where the club stands because I think that, you know, in terms of Charlie White, you know, as frustrating as this kind of delay is, I can't imagine it being overly damaging to the club because I think it's been so well known for a while that he's probably going to lead and pursue a new opportunity that I think the club should be in a position to crack on with sourcing a replacement fairly quickly. You know, 09 is obviously a slightly different category because he's so versatile and there's always been a hope that he might be convinced to stay and clearly whether he does stay or not is going to have an impact on what business they need to do. Um, you know, I, I really hope they can convince him to stay because I think that it would be nice to see him get a proper run in the centre of midfield to see whether he can make that position his own. He has all the attributes for it, really. He's decent in the air. He's a good finisher. Um, we all know he's got the energy to play that high-pressing game. So it's it's one where you hope that you know the club are able to spell out exactly where he fits in, what role he's going to have, and why in two years' time he'd be better off making a decision to stay now than than moving up to the championship, but you know the the reality is that you know the, the durability and versatility and quality that Luke's shown over the last few years, you know, has given him that opportunity to step up if he wants it. I think so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that one develops. It'd be interesting as well, wouldn't it, to see how the club's Sunderland's sort of plans for him tally with his own kind of ambitions, not just where he wants to play in terms of league, but also position-wise, because you know Lee Johnson spoke about it in great depth, hasn't he, in terms of I think. I don't know, would you say any Sunderland managers really managed to nail him down into a particular position, given how flexible and successful he's been in a number of different roles? Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he actually wants to play, whether it is that further forward in midfield. Mark? Yeah, it will be. And I, I seem to recall Lee Johnson saying at a point last season, I think he was referring to both 09 and Max Power, that you know under normal circumstances, both of those players would play their majority of their games under him at Sunderland in, in midfield. Obviously, because of circumstances, we know last season both of them were playing in the back four. But whenever I think of 09's position and, and where he plays best, it's hard not to think back to that Doncaster game at the, the Stadium of Light, which obviously was a rather bonkers afternoon. But was certainly one of Sunderland's better performances in that really good run of form they had that, that really lifted them back into promotion contention. 09 obviously played in midfield that day and, and was very, very good. And, and you could see how he would fit into that kind of 4-3-3 that Lee Johnson wants to play in the style of football that he wants to play. So, yeah, obviously there's a there's a question to be had over where Luke O'Neill wants to play his football in terms of a divisional status. And I'm sure the championship, you know, he would think he could compete at that level. But at the same time, if Sunderland are willing to give him a run in his preferred position in the centre of midfield, which given the lack of numbers they've, they've got there at the moment, certainly looks a real option, that might be something he considers as well. Yeah, interesting to see what's uh, going to happen with those players over the next uh, few days or so. Um, and obviously with Sunderland back in training and a lot of a lot of other League One clubs, Championship clubs back in training as well now, um, you'd expect some kind of decision there 
fairly quickly either way. So uh, we'll keep uh, keep tabs on that and uh, head to the Summer Necker website for all the latest summer news. And if you value what we do and appreciate it and uh, would fancy taking out a subscription, then you can uh, find out all the subscription details on our website as well. Um, under 23s were busy this week, um, confirming the signing of six new players ahead of the new 2021-22 season. Um, plenty of uh, business through the door in the academy then. Um, what do you make of those those signings, Mark, that have come through? You've seen a fair, few, fair bit of the 23s last season. A um, bit of a squad revamp, as you'd kind of expect at that level, but some uh, interesting signings coming in from the likes of Leeds United, Northampton Town, other clubs. Yeah, uh, Ethan Cachosa, who you mentioned, who came from Leeds, certainly made a, a quick impact. He was playing with the under-18s last season and scored a couple of goals early on in, against Newcastle and was on the bench for the two under-23 playoff games as a trialist and is someone that they seem to have quite high hopes for. Um, Tyrese Dice, who joined from West Brom, played in the, the semi-final at Stoke at, at left-back. Uh, played a lot of his football at, at West Brom as a left-winger, but played that game as a left-back and did really well and was a little bit unfortunate, obviously, that he came off with an injury and then missed the final. Um, but obviously did enough to earn a deal. Tom Scott was on trial for a period. Harrison Sona was on trial for a period as well. So they've done their due diligence on these players. Um, as you say, it's kind of expected at, at under-23 level that there is a degree of turnover. Probably not the degree of turnover we saw last summer and a lot of the under-23 players who did so well last year getting to that playoff final have been retained. The likes of Sam Wilden, who we've seen training with the first team this week, Kieran Dunn, who's who's had some uh, opportunities in the Papa John's Trophy. Obviously, then the players we know in terms of Josh Hawks, your Dan Neals, your Oliver Youngers, who I'm sure will be pushing all the way through pre-season. So it's going to be interesting, another interesting season for the under-23s. And it'll be interesting to see what these signings mean for those players like Hawks, like Younger, who will be hoping to push towards the first team and, and may just get that opportunity now, certainly in the in the short term, given Sunderland's kind of lack of numbers in the senior squad. Patterson will be an interesting one, won't it, Phil, in terms of what his role will be next season, whether, I guess, obviously, currently he'll be number two of Verge, but if someone were to bring in another keeper, then you'd expect him to head out on loan, or, or do you think uh, Lee Johnson may well just just start with Verge and have Patterson on the bench and see how they go? Yeah, I, th- I think that's one where someone can be fairly flexible with it, um, in terms of I don't need to make an immediate decision, certainly not on Patterson's future. I think the thing about Patterson is, especially given that he's a goalkeeper, I think you have to kind of always bear in mind that time is very much on his side. You know, so if he's not Sunderland's number one goalkeeper by October, you know, it's it's no cause of panic in his development. He he has a long, you know, a long road ahead of him, um, and he's got a huge amount of, you know, support behind the scenes. So I've no doubt that he's a potential future Sunderland number one, and it's just a case of what's best for his development in the short term. As it stands, I expect him to be kind of number two at Burge, but. There is a little time to go before the start of the season. I mean, it's just about, you know, Johnson making a judgment on where he thinks Patterson is in his development. But, you know, I think that's going to be one of the, you know, one of the positives of pre-season. I don't think, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's ideal that we have such a threadbare squad at this stage that we're still waiting on some players for contracts and no signs are through the door. But the one good side is that a lot of these youngsters who have kind of been hoping to push forward and hoping to see get an opportunity, they are going to get that now. You know, there's... There's a huge opportunity for Josh Hawke, Stan Neal, Anthony Patterson tomorrow and moving forward to really show that they should be a first-team player next season. And so, yeah, you know, it would be great if we had a few more signings in the door, but I'm looking forward to see how, how these players go and Patterson's very much one of them. And another will be Elliot Embleton as well. Obviously, he got a year left on his deal, back from a very successful loan spell at Blackpool. He obviously won promotion to the Championship. Uh, we know there's a strong Blackpool in him, but uh, hopefully he'll stay at Sunderland and... Uh, 
and be able to carve out that, that first team chance that he's just not been able to do, has he, for a variety of reasons over the last two or three years, whether it be the different managers changing or competition for places in that area or the kind of need for him to go out on loan and try and gain some experience. But uh, it's going to be, if he does stay at Sunderland and all signs certainly point to that way at the minute, then it's going to be a huge season for, for him in particular, isn't it? Phil, I'll come to you first and then Mark. <laughs> The perils of Zoom, isn't it? I can't believe we're still having to do Zoom uh, 18 months on, but there we go. I think it's, it's yeah, I, I think that this is such a huge kind of moment for Elliot Emberton. Well, I say that, it's one of those, and I kind of said this last year as well, Elliot Emberton's going to have a really good EFL minimum career. I don't think there's any doubt about that, because if at any point you leave Sunderland, he's going to have a huge amount of suitors, and we've seen that this summer. I don't think it's just Blackpool who are interested in signing them. I, I think there's a few clubs... Um, but in terms of Sunderland, you just kind of think, right, now's the time. You know, he's he's 22. Um, he's had two successful loan spells. He's done well at, in League One level. And I know that his output in terms of goals and assists wasn't spectacular at Blackpool. But what you've got to remember is they played a certain way, a 4-4-2, where Jerry Yates and, you know, Alice Sims were scoring the majority of their goals. And that was what was actually really impressive about what Embleton did there. We know he's got the technical ability and quality. He showed that in that spectacular goal he scored in the semi-finals, but he pressed really well. You know, to play as a winger in that 4-4-2, you've got to show a lot of discipline, you've got to track back, you've got to press. And he did all that really well. And I just think when you talk about the way Sunderland want to play this season, it just seems that Embleton's a natural fit for that. And of course, yes, the onus is on him to do it. He's had some badly timed injuries in the past and that's not helped him. Um, and for sure, it's about him performing now and it's not, not about giving him a free pass, but... You know, I really do just quite strongly believe that you know it, this has to be the time for him to get a proper run. I, I said it a few times this summer, but it's a stat that still seems quite remarkable to me. He's yet to start back-to-back league games in the Sunderland shirt, and I'm really hopeful that this is the campaign that that changes, um, and, and then it's up to him. Indeed. Uh, another player with sort of Sunderland and Blackpool links, Ethan Robson, um, yesterday signed for MK, Don, MK Dons even on loan. Uh, so we wish him well at MK Dons, getting us and see how he gets on this season. Um, and the news, I guess, from someone this week was uh, George Dobson's exit from the club. Um, not unexpected, having spent the last second half of last season out on loan. Uh, his kind of contract obviously came to some kind of agreement with Sunderland, and then it was quickly announced that he'd signed for Chart Athletic. Um, good move for him, Mark, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a really good move for, for George Dobson, and obviously he's... He's done well to get himself a very good move after an impressive loan spell at AFC Wimbledon. You know, his stats had him right up there in League One during that period. He was away from Sunderland and he obviously caught the eye of a, a few clubs. Wimbledon, we know, were, were keen to keep him, but, you know, their manager was quite open with the fact that they would struggle to compete financially. So, yeah, it's a really good move for, for Dobson. And, you know, I know he's come out and said he's, he's keen to prove a point and he, he probably does a little bit because I think the. You know, we didn't really ever see the best of him at, at Sunderland. Obviously, when Lee Johnson came in, he, he quite quickly fell out of favour and then was, was shipped out on loan. So, you know, he's still young, um, although he probably doesn't seem it because he's played a lot of first-team football, uh, obviously at Walsall and overseas before he arrived at Sunderland. Um, he is still quite young. He's got time on his side and it'll be interesting to see how his career develops from here at Charlton. Yeah, how do you reflect on George Dobson's time at Sunderland then, Phil? Um Obviously, I think was it, did he make one appearance under Lee Johnson? I think before he shipped out on loan. I know there was a fair few midfield options ahead of him as well, but um, just didn't really happen for him, did it? Yeah, I think that with George, I think sometimes he maybe doesn't didn't quite get the credit he deserved for you know during that spell just before the season got curtailed due to COVID when someone went on the long run, winning run. 
he did form a good partnership with Max Power and you know that the way that Parkinson set that team up clearly there was you know he wanted two very very disciplined central midfielders and I think Dobson proved that he can do that you know we all know that he you know wasn't a particularly creative player in the final third his maybe technical quality wasn't the best but there was no doubt in his endeavour and I think it's one of those scenarios where it's just about getting him in the right system and giving him the right role and, and clearly Wimbledon managed to do that but you know, I think he made a one league start under Lee Johnson. That was the Wimbledon game when, when you know, Sunderland were hit by a COVID outbreak and he was brought off at half time. So it's one of those where it makes sense to move on. You know, that very much told you that Lee Johnson didn't see him as part of his plans. Um, but it's a good move for George and you have to give him credit because it's a testament to how well he did at Wimbledon. Um, because I don't think he'd have been in a position to move to a promotion rival in January. Um, but his form at Wimbledon has entitled him to do that. So, yeah, it's one of those where it just didn't really work out at Sunderland. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't kind of backfire because, I, you know, who knows, he might he might have a really successful spell at Charlton. Yeah, and I, I guess the other player with a big um, question mark over his head in terms of under contract and still back at the club is, uh, is Will Grigg and what happens there. Obviously, strong interest from MK Dons. Could link up with Ethan Robson there. Um, they'd certainly have him back there and there'll be plenty of other clubs if the finances were right, I'm sure that would take uh, take Will Grigg, obviously Wigan Athletic, another potential avenue for him with Max Power going there as well. They could link up again. Um, so, yeah, I know we've spoken a lot about Will Grigg, but that's, I suppose, another one to keep an eye out over the next um, week or so. As well, couple, however long, a couple of weeks, a couple of months until the window closes, Mark, that you'd expect that it'd be probably similar similar with Dobson, maybe in terms of his son and career edging towards a finale. Yeah, and I think if you know there is noise that Will Grigg is available, there will be League One clubs interested. We saw that in January. You know, Shrewsbury obviously were very keen. MK Dons eventually got the deal over the line. Wigan were keen. If a player like Will Grigg is available, I don't think he'll have any problem finding clubs that are interested. Obviously, it's a different question whether a deal can be found that works for all parties. But I think there probably is an understanding now that you know Will Grigg's time at Sunderland is going to be very very hard to turn around. He obviously does have a year left on his contract, but it's almost that question of the sudden and take something for him now and, and get at least some element of a financial return potentially on their investment or do they risk losing him free next summer? So I think there will be interesting and we know there's interesting in from MK Dons and Wigan and that might be an interesting one to watch as the, the month goes on and the, you know, the wheels of the transfer window start to turn a little bit more and the pieces start to fall in place and clubs can start to maybe sanction those spends that they're not willing to at this moment in time. Yes. Want to watch for sure. Um, yeah, interesting again coming up. Obviously, Sun and back in action against Benny Moore. As ever with the first pre-season games, there'll be a lot of uh, lot of changes to the team throughout the game. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see um, how the, as Phil mentions, how the fringe players get on and who uh, who catches an early eye ahead of the other friendlies to come in the next few weeks or so. Uh, we'll be right across everything over the weekend with our usual coverage. Mark and Phil will be at um, Benny Moore. Frankie will be there as well taking pictures. And um, then, of course, hopefully Jordan Henderson and um, Jordan Pickford will edge England close towards uh, the European Championships when they play Ukraine away in Rome on Saturday evening. So, uh, yeah, another big weekend ahead. Thank you, chaps, for your time. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Raw podcast. And as I say, if you'd like to subscribe to the Echo, um, Echo's football content, then please do check out the website for all the latest information and offers and deal on that. And uh, until then, we'll see you next week with the latest summer news from the Stadium of Light. Like.